Well, Mr. Bean, I think our first episode with yeah, your girlfriend, Amy, right. a wrestling fan, blogger, uh, photographer, Detroit all about doer, yeah. promoter. She got a show this week that yep. uh, I'm looking forward to seeing myself, and you're going to be performing in. Yeah, for sure. My band, Drizzle, will be uh, performing uh, near the 10 o'clock hour or something like that. But uh, this is the third one she's put on. It's called Found in the Underground. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, they're always a good time. The Tangent Gallery, downtown Detroit, is a very fun venue. It's a just, very cool facility, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, the it, facility itself is very cool, and then the, the way she puts it together with, like, you've got people that do photography art, and people that do painting, and people that do drawing or something like that, but then you've got all these craft art uh, people, too, and half of them are her friends, so I know all these people ahead of time, and I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see what you're bringing. But the episode, uh, everybody that uh, we've talked to, at least on our Facebook page, seemed really positive about it. Yeah, yeah, so hopefully we're moving in the right direction. Yeah, and we uh, greatly appreciate you guys hitting us up at the One Fall Show on Facebook, and uh, encourage anybody within the sound of our voices to uh, join us over there. As well as rate and review us, as I said last week, the best way to help any podcast is to rate and review them on whatever program you're using to listen to that podcast. Agreed. So what do you think about John Moxley continuing to kick down doors? I know. it's it, it feels very much it feels like when CM Punk left in the same way that Becky Lynch felt like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. that it is a different animal completely, but it feels like, you know, okay, now you've got something to prove. Outside he of the system. Sure seems to. And, man, going against Joey Janela in what apparently is going to be an absolute blood sport. That's what you were telling me before we cut the mics on. He had a tweet that said, uh, what was the match he referenced? Yeah. Uh, have you have you ever seen uh, Necro Butcher versus Samoa Joe? And I have not. But just uh, knowing those two guys and knowing how prone Joe is to bleeding, mm-hmm. um, that must be just... As uh, as a particular commentator would put, uh, backwoods outlaw bullshit, <laughs> uh, which I'm here for. I, yeah, I, Blood's uh, uh, hardcore match is not my favorite. I guess, sure. Oddly enough, as a horror aficionado and uh, general, yeah, the actual blood sport man of poor taste. Yes, I, I I don't love those matches, but I can't turn away from anything that John Moxley's going to be doing. And now we've no. got. Minoru Suzuki's out there calling people out. He's threatening to disrupt the G1 for not being involved. He's called out Jericho. And I did not know I wanted Minoru Suzuki against John Moxley until Minoru Suzuki tweeted about it. And now I can't stop thinking about it. It's crazy. I think that was like the most liked and loved post we ever made, which was yeah. like I did not people I didn't know that were part of the group. <laughs> I, I feel I feel in my forties about Minoru Suzuki the way most people feel about The Undertaker. Yes. Like he is a scary, hard hitting motherfucker and I wanna see him wrestle anybody. Yes. Yes, and then, boy, it sure seems like, uh, I mean, maybe he's just going rogue. I mean, he's a 53-year-old uh, red ass, essentially. Right, right. Could just be going rogue and nothing comes of this, but it could also be setting up for uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Oof. What yeah. a match that would be. For sure. Ooh. And, you know, the G1 is, what, what this uh, in the next uh, couple of weeks, something yes. like that, there are uh, just a plethora of matches that we are going to be seeing highlights of over the next month or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just looking at the card and who's fighting who. Oh, yeah. There's a bunch of stuff that's... Decked. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff that's like, I cannot wait to see how that turns out. And the last John Moxley thing I actually saw was 
uh, after his last New Japan appearance, he took one of the one of the wrestlers, the Japanese wrestlers, as his young boy, and was kind of carrying him around. Yeah, so he's dragging him, he's dragging him, sort of fainting. Oh, so so much. How much more fun is that than those stupid scripted WWE segments? It's, I mean, I hate to harp on it continually, but yeah. there's just so much more fun. Well, and the the thing I really like about that is it shows that um, even though. Uh, he he revealed in some of his podcast interviews that some of the stuff that I thought was really fun he was down on because he thought it was bullshit. Uh, he still is going to have a sense of humor to his character, yeah. and that's great because I do love the sense of humor that uh, Dean Ambrose brought to the right. And we see that these were all the character traits that he did bring to the Dean Ambrose character. Just seemingly, if all the stories are to be believed. Vince McMahon got a hold of the bullet points of that character and sure. decided he was going to write it instead of letting John write it. So what uh, what John thinks is comedy and what you know eighty year old uh, sure. Vince McMahon Carney uh, thinks is funny, uh, two very different things. Right, and uh, a lot less prop comedy that doesn't involve barbed wire. I think from uh, yes. Moxley over Ambrose. Well, what do we got coming up this week? This week, we have got your friend Tim. Yes. Tim David. Yep, exactly. From the Bathroom of the Future, which is a very cool sort of nerdcore punk band out of Detroit, and they're just going on tour right now. Uh, Keep an eye out for him. Yeah. And he is a big wrestling fan, and he really brought it. You know, this was our... We recorded our first two episodes, a little little peek behind the curtain. We recorded our... Okay, fake mother. Uh, <laughs> we recorded our first two episodes back to back, and we didn't know what we were going to get in terms of uh, performance on mic. Amy sure. brought it. I thought it was a great conversationalist. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. And Tim knows his wrestling. He introduced us to a couple of WCW matches that you and I had not been familiar with. Yes. And I had a blast with it, and frankly, I look forward to having him on again. I hope he's willing to do it again in yeah, the future. You know, I, I think it would be interesting maybe in a month or two to you know have him. Because hey, I told him ahead of time, I was like, uh, give us something from WCW because neither one of us were big Monday Night War fans, much less WCW Monday Night Nitro fans. Right. So I said, give us something that you think exemplifies what WCW did right, which he picked a cruiserweight match that uh, was fantastic. And then my other uh, instruction was, give us a shit show. Yes. Give us a, give us a this is why WCW went out of business. And even that match was you you guys are gonna hear is kinda fun. Yeah, we both enjoyed it. We yeah. enjoyed the shit show. <laughs> <laughs> I think it threw Tim off a little bit. Right. And, uh, but uh no, it was a blast to do it and uh it looks I'm looking here. It seems that uh the champ has requested an appearance on the show. I yeah. don't know if we're gonna be able to accommodate that. I don't know if he's being serious, but uh maybe we may have uh, quote unquote the champ next week. Okay. All right. But now we have Tim David, and yep. thank you everybody for listening. <laughs> you guys can't see it, but uh, the eyes just got real wide as you tried to fire up what the end of uh, the segment is going to be. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm Shawnee Constant, and I'm here with my co-host, Mr. Bean. Kayfabe, motherfucker. Kayfabe, motherfucker. We are basking in the glory. In the glory. Of the opulent Wrestle Palace. Chandelier. Wrestle Palace. Oh, Monkey's fight prison style, dude. Boom shakaloo. The scariest of all clowns. Murder clown. It's like we've said uh, previously on the show. Mira. I'm fat. You got fat ass. <laughs> He's coming, Twiggy! Bob Burr's got a big old neck! It's a work! It's a work! Uh, and this 
is the one for show! <laughs> All right, we're here with uh, Tim David and... Of course, Hello. Mr. Bean and I know who you are, but for our international audience that sometimes <laughs> extends all the way to Ottawa, Canada, why don't you tell people who you are? Who are you? Hi, everybody. Uh, I'm Tim David, a uh, longtime friend of the show, uh, local musician, wrestling enthusiast. Uh, I've, I've blown up Chuck's podcast, uh, his other podcast, several times in for the past, sure. so he knows when he has half an hour to kill with me just rambling by myself. I'm the man to call, apparently. <laughs> it's always a good time. No, oh, I, I appreciate that. And I know that your um, love of wrestling s- s- extends all the way back to classic Monday Night Wars WCW. It does. It's and, primarily that, I would argue. Uh, I believe I'm not speaking out of turn when I say that me and Sean both don't have a whole lot of uh, a, lo- a, a lot of a f- foot in that world of, of Monday Night Wars WCW. For sure. Even when I was a casual fan, it was WWE because that's what I knew from being a kid. Right. See, I, I kind of had the opposite problem. Like, um, I had a friend of mine back in elementary school that kind of introduced me to wrestling. And, like, you know, as a kid, I kind of knew the obvious guys, right? Like, I could recognize Randy Savage. I could recognize Bret Hart. I'd, I'd seen either on TV or on videotape or something, I'd seen some, like, Razor Ramon match. And I was like, I, I like the tall, mean guy in the yellow. He's fun, right? right. But... The first time I'd ever really given a sincere care about wrestling was, uh, funny enough, shortly after Scott Hall defected to WCW, the aforementioned friend grabbed me at school one day and he was like, hey, do you like wrestling? Because I just found out about this really cool new wrestling show because we were both young enough to the point where Nitro seemed like a thing that was just starting. Okay. Right? Right. So I kind of fell into it because of that. And honestly, for... Almost the entirety of the Monday Night Wars, I really only watch WCW. Like, any of my WWE knowledge kind of comes after the fact with people telling me about it later and me kind of going back to watch, like, the important matches on my own. Now, from uh, from everything I've heard, not knowing anything about uh, the, the Monday Night Wars, but seeing quite a few things, uh, you know, written by the winners of the Monday Night Wars, most right. of what you've got out of WCW are either these... Uh, these athletes that you're like, oh my god, this stuff was amazing, and they weren't doing anything like this anywhere else, kind of thing. Or you get the the uh, talk of like, yeah, no one was doing this kind of thing anywhere else because it's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, with that in mind, I ask you uh, to pick a couple of matches, Tim, and uh, what are we going to start with? This first one, it, it kind of ties in with what you were saying. I'm hesitant to ever use the S word in wrestling discussions, but for a very long time, WCW did... Oh, there's a lot of shit in wrestling. <laughs> oh, <got him. laughs> My the S word in question was Sheik. He will not be on this pay per view tonight. Oh. Um, Sheiky baby, Sheiky baby, put your dick up. Um, <laughs> but uh, Eric Bischoff's era of WCW specifically really wanted to focus on bringing in like Mexican wrestlers, Japanese wrestlers, guys that were treating it a little more as an athletic contest as opposed to the. It, it, not not that I'm saying this is bad, but as opposed to the kind of like overblown two guys over six feet tall slowly punching each other matches. Similar to what we're seeing in AEW, yeah, where yeah. Japanese wrestlers being Japanese wrestlers exactly. and luchadors being luchadors. Exactly. Like nobody's asking the lucha brothers to like demask or slow down, right? Like carry a pinata around, <laughs> right. be uh, be wear uh, giant sombreros. Yeah, and, exactly. Ride tractors or whatever the hell that was. You um, know what's really uh, it's keeping you guys from uh, just making it to the big time is those masks. <laughs> you know what we can't. Sell a million of to children are colorful <laughs> monster colorful masks, goofy masks. <laughs> Jesus. 
So to, to that end, I think a lot of I, I think it's probably not unfair to say that a lot of my current taste in wrestling was informed by the fact that the the main card of any given WCW pay per view could really go either way. Some of the main events were good, more than often they were not. But before that, you were pretty much guaranteed a pretty solid two hours of like actual good wrestling. So the first one I picked was kind of a sentimental favorite. It's a match between Juventud Guerrero and Blitzkrieg from Spring Stampede 1999. Uh, Blitzkrieg, a personal favorite of mine from when I was a child because I was one of a very few WCW wrestlers I actually saw live and in person. Uh, he had a match with the skinny one from Insane Clown Posse. <laughs> uh, Shaggy Too Dope. Yeah, thank you. Thank are, you. I, I, I did not want to name not, him incorrectly. Yeah, uh, for those who are not affiliated with the Juggalo I, community. I was, I Represent was, over there, Sean. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. I was two rows back, and I saw him take a folding chair to Shaggy Too Dope, and I was like, wow, this guy's my new favorite. And th this has been one of my favorite matches for a while. You don't see it come up on a lot of like best of WCW lists. I'm a big fan. It has been a while since I watched it, so I'm afraid I'm hyping it up too much. But I felt like this was a good way to kind of introduce everybody to one of the bigger aspects of WCW, which was the kind of more high-flying athletic style they presented in the undercard more often than not. All right, let's get into it. Yeah. I like it. This is a full house. This is at the height of the Monday Night Wars. It's Stampede. It, it is. There's Blitzkrieg. Uh, you can see he's got kind of a he's kind of a, a great Muda meets Jushin Liger kind of thing. Looks, meets Electro from Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's how I described him to my dad. My dad asked me about the wrestling when I got home, and I told him I saw a man dressed like a lightning bolt hit the skinny one from ICP with a chair. <laughs> he is. He's red and black Electro. <laughs> <laughs> I, now, if that was in the upcoming Tom Holland Spider-Mans, I'd, I'd be more life. apt to see them. That's an interesting sign what was it i apologize yeah i see so many signs uh, woodstock mafia for life is a bunch oh, of old, all right <laughs> bunch of old hippies apparently wcw is i think the golden age of like obnoxious inside joke signs like mm -hmm. you still see it these days with people trying to pimp their podcast or whatever not that you guys have but like <laughs> but like wcw was a gold mine for just like hey greg look where i am kind right, of signs right, right, right? Okay. like Okay, and here's, uh, here's Juventud Guerrero, a man I'm also a big fan of. Oh, he comes out running with hauling water on his head. Yeah. Ooh. Wow. Wow. He's, he's a ball of energy. No, yeah. he, this this is just how he wrestles. Like, he, he chugs six Red Bulls, and he's just really happy to be here. I've never heard the name Juventud before, but I like it. I did not know how to pronounce that for a very long time as a child. You know, a sheltered white boy in the suburbs. I definitely thought his name was Juventud for a long time. I'm glad you know how to pronounce it now, because I would never have <laughs> been able to get the product. Here's a practice. Don't. Pretend I'm an expert. <laughs> this, Does he wrestle with that uh, gold chain? I believe so, or yes, at least wow, most of the time, yeah. A, a, a fine uh, gold chain with a large cross on it. Doing luchador moves with a large cross on a gold chain around your neck, is uh, <laughs> that's a special kind of... Thanks yeah, for see, taping this, Dad. That, that's, exact, that's exactly what I'm talking, talking about. talking to Vince McMahon. Oh, I see. <laughs> You'll Thanks notice the name on the VHS tape says McMahon. Yes. Shane yes. McMahon. <laughs> oh. See, that, that again, that's a joke I only got later after the fact. Yeah, no, it looks like he's not taking it off. He's going right for it. Oh, yeah, no, I they're both going wait, right for it. I cannot wait to see him do a Hurricane Rana with that... With that Chain in that cross and very right young. In the face. This Juventud fella. They, these guys are both very young. If I remember correctly, I believe they are both in their late twenties at the oldest. Don't okay. don't quote me on that, but I just looked this oh, up. And oh. Both these guys had much holding the handshake a little long, like a, like a real jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Electra early with the uh, the arm bar behind the back. Now, 
Hammerlock. I can ask you because you watch a ton of WCW here, Tim. Mm-hmm. Is the WCW ring actually physically smaller than a WWE ring? From by all accounts, yes. It may have changed slightly later on, but I there were a couple guys that had wrestled in both of them. You know, like the the Jerichos of the world that would mention how they preferred the WCW ring for some things because like. It was always slightly shittier quality and the ropes were never as good, but it was much smaller and it was easier to kind of get across when you're trying to do stuff like the uh, the lion salt or whatever. Interesting. Mm, I bet my boy Orange Cassidy would prefer the smaller ring. The uh, smallest sure. ring possible, exactly. Yeah. Shorter like, uh, whip, uh, ro- ro- rope whips. Is that a, uh, it's like a, a heel hook? Yeah, some He's kind, got of, some right kind of ankle lock. That's fantastic. And this ref here is a fine blonde it's hair. It's Little Nate. It that's, is Little Nate. I was going to say. Yeah. I, <laughs> a slightly tanner version than we're used to, but this is indeed a... Uh, Charles Robinson. There's a nice exchange there. And He's a, a damn roll professional, up. too. Yeah, I gotta, this I gotta is, hand it to him. A lot of this is kind of where you can see the, like... Like, WCW had a long partnership with New Japan in the early 90s. Uh, and, Papa Pump for life. Oh, yeah, no, this was the height of singles run Big Papa Pump <laughs> Scott Steiner. Ah, like, if you hear This was, like, 99 would have been the start of him kind of breaking out away from being just Rick's brother, and he would have a good two years just screaming at people and winning gold. Like, if he was going to sexually assault a fan, it would have been during this time. During <laughs> this, this era, for sure. While this was happening, who knows? We're not saying it happened. We're saying, <laughs> were it... To have no, happened. there's no evidence that it's ever happened. I just, when I see him, I think <laughs> I'm no afraid of that man because it looks like he would like to sexually assault me. So you got a good shoulder would block be, there, a lot of junk. Which would be foolish because were you to report it to the police, the first thing you tell him is he's wearing a chainmail headdress. <laughs> and there's not a lot of those guys running around. Right. Also, with, with as many sirens wow. as he has in his intro, Oof. he might be working with Oof. the police. This match is out of the gate. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah, this is These much more moving. of a professional wrestling match than we get from the old WWE style. And, I can and this see is, the appeal. And this is really par for the course for WCW Undercard. They knew kind of the way things work backstage at WCW. If you weren't one of Kevin Nash's best friends, you really had to bust your ass to get noticed. So the way a lot of the undercard works, like, okay, guys, we have 10 minutes. What if we just haul ass immediately? Like, this, this match started at 8 and is at 10 already. Our buddies over at the Shoot Show podcast do um, old pay-per-views and they cover them. And mm-hmm. I've noticed that watching the yeah. WCW matches is the, the undercards are usually fantastic. I can see where Chris Jericho was just... the Jericho and the... Um, the Radicals, Guerrero, right? yeah. The small guys were yep. like, fuck this, we're never going to get over. Right, Why are no. we, right, but, but their matches are, you know... Exactly. So selfishly, I like that because it never meant that like any of these guys would have to do like a... 20-minute rest hold party with Triple H later in their careers, but then on the <laughs> other hand, it's like, hey guys, here's your tiny, tiny cruiserweight belt that you're going to lose to a guy that moves to Japan in a second. I'm sorry about your four minutes at the top of Nitro. Yeah, or like, you know, here's a paycheck that's a third of what the guys <laughs> at the end of the show are making Exactly. I'm do so- half the work. I'm sorry your merch revenue literally went to the NWO. Thanks for coming. And of course, I mean, all the Monday Night Wars is you know incredibly well-documented, but Looking at the the arena and how big this is, mm-hmm. it's amazing how fast they just fell off the map by spending so much money and getting it wrong. Like they got, right. they started getting it wrong. It was a banana peel, and within like months, they were just like, "Oh shit, we spent it all!" <laughs> right? <laughs> what an alienation of this fan base. If I can be so bold, you do see in a lot of later pay per views that like the diehards are still there but the problem is kind of like you were saying they whittled it just down to that right Mm -hmm. like i was actually just reading on reddit there's a guy that's been doing recaps of dave Meltzer's newsletters and he's been lately talking about how when wcw closed jesus 
That was a, that, he, that was one of the best drum kicks. Does he give a star rating to the old newsletters? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's a special that's kind like of irony. Most 2019 Three and a half thing. too much UFC coverage. Yeah. Uh, but no, but he was talking about how when WCW closed, there was. A ton, like a massive number of wrestling fans that just never came back. It wasn't like it wasn't like a well, I better watch WWE now because that's oh, all I got. Hey, here yeah, comes this, this is back when you seems, didn't get five of those a match. Seems to be what the powers that be in AEW are going after, right? Like yeah. the, the lapsed fan. Yeah, exactly the people the the people that quit when they could no longer watch it on a Turner Network and just decided not to come back. And it, admittedly, I was one of those for a long time. Like this is kind of why I have a lot of blank spots in my WWE knowledge. Like to this day, I'm not actually sure if I've ever actually seen like an edge and christian match you know like i have not i, I would like to <laughs> I, I like edge as a dude i'm sure he's great but no, like, they put know, on, there's they no put perry some, saturn they put on some fantastic matches together i can i can attest to it but look, but look, but look at this this is what i had growing up right well, that's, that's true that man's yeah. lightning bolt yeah yes he is <laughs> And he took uh, the, a couple of minutes ago. He took that Hoovertude, hit him with that springboard drop kick right in the side of the just, head, just straight to the dome. Yeah, but this... he, but both of them like professionals. Oh like, yeah, you know they're they're still moving. They're still Hoovy just uh, did that uh, tope out of the ring there on onto him. They're all fantastic. There, did the crowd chant NXT NXT? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they knew how to do. It. Can we talk for a minute about the uh, the staging up by the the ramp there? The uh, the. Sure. Delightful theming. This is actually yeah. another thing I did want to bring like up old, about WCW. Old West. Uh, oh yeah. No, they they were. Oh, Daniel Bryan's Mexican surfboard. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They got him. Uh, this again. This is the big. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's just, I don't think. I don't think it was Daniel Bryan's Mexican surfboard originally. Actually, oh, he, I don't no, think he, it was called the Daniel Bryan Mexican surfboard. Even <laughs> that sounds like a mixed drink. I would regret ordering. Ooh, Can I yeah. get one Daniel Bryan? Avocado in there. Sure. Avocado and tequila. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's rum chata, but it's almond milk. You are making me... Well, you said milk. Now I can't have it. You're making <laughs> me thirsty. Almond milk. You can drink, you can drink nuts. <laughs> I know what you said. You can drink D's. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. There's a chop. And again, uh, 1999, the camera's not shitty. Yeah, no, WCW was always very good on like the production aspects. Like, uh, like Chuck was just saying a second ago, every time they had like a themed pay-per-view, the staging was always relevant for it. Like the cool pumpkins for, uh, for the Halloween Havoc, right? Yeah. right? Yeah, like the crazy patriotism for Great American Bash. Like the the camera work and the production is always top flight in WCW. And this is actually that's one of the things I kind of miss most about it, is just having that Turner money to throw around on what is, you know, a man dressed like a lightning bolt throwing himself at a dude. I wonder if you can kind of pinpoint, this has been a running theme for me, I wonder if you can pinpoint, like, almost the year when the camera work stuff changed. Like, you see here, this cameraman was kind of looking between Hoovertude Guerrero and, and Blitzkrieg, as Blitzkrieg was, climbed the top yeah, of the rope and the then whole thing. Yeah. went for the yeah, drop you got that, the wandering handhold camera operator, but he's not doing right. like calisthenics. There's, there's all these, it's not like, you know, these days where like Cesaro's going to go for the giant swing, so we're going to keep zooming in and out yeah. on the guy and make you seasick. The, the, I, I hate to bring it up because I know what an insufferable hipster I'm about to peg myself as, but this kind of camera work really reminds me more of like New Japan than anything else. Okay. It really feels like, hey, we're three guys with heavy shoulder-mounted cameras trying to keep up with incredibly fast and strong athletes as opposed to like, as opposed to the WWE style, which almost feels more like it's being formed, filmed like a like a Jason Bourne fight. It's like, okay, we're gonna be at these two segments. I need two camera guys right here so you can catch Cesaro swinging Ricochet around for the ninth time. I'll I'll go ahead and and uh, become an insufferable hipster. My favorite thing about the 
New Japan is that you do have like the eighty camera operators doing calisthenics, but it's they're they're there for like a prop, right? They're the young boys who oh, are yeah. running oh, yeah. Yeah, running no, no. in terror from getting squashed by someone. Exactly, right. they might tumble out of the ring. There's ninety visible camera operators. Sixty of them are there to get their ass kicked by Suzuki. Yes, yes. <laughs> speaking of uh, speaking of Minoru Suzuki, Woo! nice. Smooth. You see, look how well he recovered from that. You don't see that a lot. Minoru Suzuki and John Moxley wasn't something I knew I needed in my life oh, yeah. mm-hmm. until it came to no, be. No, that's something we need that, in our life. And now I need it. Yes, yeah. that became my new New Japan dream match. Yes. Yeah, now I absolutely need it. Also, yeah, I didn't know we had. We got so many likes on that Facebook post when I shared the uh, the original um, news that. He had yeah. called them out, and like people who I, I'm like, I don't know who you people are. Where did you <laughs> Suzuki travels fast, man. A lot of people like One Piece. That helps. Yeah, well, for sure. <laughs> oh, what's this? Jeez, look at these yeah, counters. No, this, is, this has been going on for a second. They're very good at it. This one counter right after no, another. The work rate in this match is incredible from two guys who I had never heard of. Oh yeah. Yep. No, and you did not have a lot of chances to hear about Blitzkrieg. Like, and this is this is how you open a show. Oh yeah. Like yeah. you, you get two guys that the crowd may or may not know, and you give them ten minutes and tell them bust your ass, man. If I remember correctly, at this point, I know Hoovy was kind of unknown quantity. Blitzkrieg Whoa! less so, but like, hey, hey! they Ooh. still made it work. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That top rope uh, that looked like it was going to be a reverse suplex uh, that that did not pan out, and they still made it work without either of them landing on their dome. And you know, to Blitzkrieg's credit, how little of that he could have seen. Ooh! Wow! That was nice. That was very cool. I, I, Hoovy does not need to be it's wrestling. Calling for the Hoovy driver. <laughs> yeah, it Whoop. is absolutely called the Hoovy driver. Oh! You, you know who it is and what it is and why it's happening to you. He needs to. He definitely needs to take that gold chain off. If he's going to wrestle. <laughs> no, man, it gives him his powers. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, you're outvoted, Mr. Bean. The the second he takes that off, his hair shrinks, and he's much less ripped and athletic. Any idea whatever happened to these gentlemen? Uh, Um, I believe Juventud Guerrero spent a cup of coffee in the WWE as part of the Mexicals. Oh, boy. That sounds right. Yeah, it sounds wrong. Well, yeah, right for for Vince, not good for the rest of us. Accurate, perhaps. Accurate, yeah. Thank you, sir. Um, Thank you. Yes, uh, he was... uh, Along with Super Crazy and oh, Super Crazy Psychosis, both of those guys. Actually, I believe all of those guys were at least at one point WCW alums. All three of them uh, would come out riding lawnmowers. Yep, and call Just themselves we the Mexicals. Movie going over. Wow, um, that was an excellent match. As, that was good. As far as I'm aware, Blitzkrieg had to do the job more often than not. I was kind of going back through some of his records and kind of. Kind of sadly enough, I believe his last professional wrestling appearance was just like a nothing episode of Thunder right before WCW closed, where he again did the job. And then, as far as I, I could be mistaken, but I remember reading about this somewhere. He has like, he just gave up wrestling shortly after WCW folded and just went to like a nine to five job. He's like a yeah. IT specialist or a sys administrator somewhere, which, which Ooh. I think is great because. Ooh. I like to think somewhere he's still that size and has a lot of red and black. There's a replay wardrobe. on one move that looked very dangerous. Oh, yeah. was, that, was that that suplex that kind of went sideways? I'm not sideways? sure if that was the same one. The, 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 frankly, the match was filled with so much action. Uh, it's I, hard to pinpoint. I, 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 I couldn't pinpoint if it was the same moment from the different angle. but Right. Boy, you can definitely see the uh, security in this. Uh, in oh, the, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, the previous w- episode, we had talked about how you couldn't uh, detect the security as easily. Boy, they're... 
in full force here. There was a little more, a little more cow man getting this. Th- right, we got to turn this off. <laughs> <laughs> this was cow print Bam Bam near yeah, the, end of, his, bam the bam end of his career. <laughs> I think cow print Bam Bam Bigelow is a good place to stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what are, we, what are we checking out this time? All right, so to kind of counterbalance the fun of the undercard, WCW is kind of known for its plotting and uneventful main events that people were still excited about because all the kids knew who Hogan was, all the kids knew who Sting was. I, I specifically wanted to pick this one because it highlights what I thought was, you know, for better or for worse, a very important aspect of WCW, which was their maybe reliance isn't the right word, but their desire to bring in celebrities. Okay, uh, okay. Th- because of their connections to the Turner organization, right, they had access to a lot more kind of quote-unquote famous people, right? Like, right, right. E- even later on before it died, you still had David Arquette coming in, right? Mm-hmm. Like, shortly before this, you had, like, Dennis Rodman getting involved. At one point, Carl Malone stops by, you know, kind of kind of the thinking behind getting Mike Tyson involved in WrestleMania that year, except on, maybe on a slightly bigger scale. So to combine both their love of hot media properties and their inability to really have a really, really good main event, particularly, and I need to stress, at a free pay-per-view largely attended only by drunken bikers. Ah, yes, the classics. I I wanted to make you guys watch and suffer as I did the match between Hulk Hogan and beloved late night personality Jay Leno Ah, literally this this isn't a joke I'm not making a goof about a man's feathered hair and big chin this is actually Jay Leno and his band leader and his band leader Kevin Eubanks Kevin Eubanks the classic now wait a minute wait a minute now I look this up according Mm. to what this says we get DDP and Jay Leno you do get DDP and Jay Leno against Hollywood Hogan and Eric Bischoff yes actually you know what I buried the lead Eric Bischoff also participates in this match. Another non-wrestler. Also, uh, real-life Michael Buffer. This is uh, this is when they had him out for the uh, main events. I believe he would stick around until shortly before WCW closed. I could have swore that they spent the money for Michael Buffer for a year or two. For, for a minute, yeah. He stuck around. Yeah, man. In the 90s, he would get like ten grand to pop out, say, let's get ready to rumble, which right. was copywritten, oh, so yeah. no one else yeah. could no, say that's it. him. that's him. And uh, get first-class... Uh, Accommodations. Yeah, there he goes. He's doing it right now. I, I recently read that he had a brother that kind of did a Gallagher 2 thing where he kind of sounded and looked just enough like him that so if you couldn't you get Michael get... Buffer, you got like Reggie or whatever his name is. No, he does a UFC. He's done it for a very long no time. No fooling. Yep, no fooling. Yep, yep, no, he's uh, he's not nearly as polished and handsome. He's, no, no. Uh, and what, he, he does not Buffer? get to use the trademark. He My, says, uh, I think, uh, let's get it on. Michael Buffer is let's exactly what I would on. picture like a handsome guy in the 90s to look like. You know, he looks like the dad of everybody oh that's trying to shut down the ski The entire floor is people with motorcycles. Again, need to stress, none of them paid a dime for admission. What? This, this pay-per-view, th- this pay-per-view went on for years. It was a loss leader, so Eric Bischoff had an excuse to go down to the Sturgis Biker Rally. Mm-hmm. None of these people paid a nickel to get into this. And oh this was some God. very interesting crowd responses oh, yeah. over the... the uh, which, which I watched one of them, and it was fantastic to watch. Oh, yeah. Disturbing, scary. Uh. <laughs> there is... It might be this year or the year prior, but there's a very good one where Chris Jericho gets an immense amount of heel heat simply by rolling in on a Honda motorcycle, oh, not nice, American yep. hog. <laughs> which, credit to Chris Jericho, he knew the crowd he was working with, right? Yeah, but, let's but, say that for as passionate and uh, oftentimes frightening bikers can be, they are 
easy marks. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, they, they yeah. are exactly the crowd you need for a wrestling event. Absolutely. So, yeah. So here's my boy Eric Bischoff with Miss Elizabeth and uh, track pants. Track pants. Was this before or after Miss Elizabeth died of a drug overdose? Um, gonna go with. I don't really have the time for that. <laughs> Lex Luger wasn't WCW at the time, and I'm not saying that's connected. All right, Hogan yeah. kissing Bischoff because basically Bischoff has created this company to funnel money into Hulk Hogan's into pockets. Into Hulk Hogan's house. Hulk Hogan didn't realize that he was going to get all that sweet, sweet internet uh, uh, lawsuit money. All right, now here's here's the part that I'm the most upset with you about, Tim. You didn't tell me not only that Eric Bischoff and Hulk Hogan were going to be part of this match. You didn't tell me that following Hulk Hogan to the ring was the disciple who WWF fans will know as Brutus the, the fucking, fucking Barber, Barber Beefcake. beefcake. Yeah, that's that Brutus is, Beefcake that's back there. That's Brutus fucking no, no, Beefcake no, back that's there. That's the disciple. Okay, Excuse well, yeah. me. That's the disciple. They're that, completely that, different guys. That man, when he did this year's uh, Hall of Fame induction, he basically explained that... He was in the Hall of Fame because he carried Hulk Hogan's bags. Yeah. Like, yeah. Everybody who knew the history was like, why is he getting into the Hall of Fame? He only carried Hogan's bags. Then he gave a speech explaining how he carried his bags. <laughs> yeah. It was one of the strangest things. <laughs> I mean, good for that guy. No, he's honest. I respect that. He knows what he is and how he got here. Uh, a couple seconds ago, I don't know if anybody saw the baby in the Hollywood Hogan do-rag. <laughs> I missed yes. it, no. Uh, I like to think that baby was me. Ah. <laughs> I started early. So you were a, a Hollywood uh, Hulkamaniac? I, I was absolutely NWO black and white. You were full life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, just, guy was, that biker was just like, a yeah. While it was motion. happening, I was I was black and white NWO just because like I knew about Hulk Hogan longer, although in hindsight I'm a much bigger Kevin Nash and Scott Hall fan. I was going to ask, at this point, has the WWE, or the NWO split into the Wolfpack? Hogan rides a Honda, got him. Yeah, right there. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Um, if I remember correctly, no. I think this would have been, it would have been not long after this, but I'm pretty sure the NWO is still a complete unit, which is why it's just Hogan in this, as opposed to the other team being Kev, uh, like Kevin Nash and Jay Leno instead. There's my boy. <laughs> Jay I have Leno. to stress Diamond Dallas Page, not Jay Leno. Look at Kevin Eubanks, by the way. Can Kevin we talk Eubanks about his, is ripped. Can we talk? Can we talk about his shirtless band student outfit? Yeah. yeah. Like he's both on the varsity team and jazz club. His upper arms are incredibly oh, no, no, well he's, developed. He is in great shape. Like he was already in great shape, and that might have uh, contributed. Jay Leno, not so much. He's uh, mouth no, he's, is hanging open. He's uh, he's just he's just Jay Leno trolling right? for flies. Some kind of like Sinbad windbreaker pants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Now. One of my favorite stories about this is that the original idea was... That ring does look tiny. It, no, yeah. exactly. As, especially for this, because you had to cram in all those, you know, stoned bikers. Um, I guess the <laughs> I guess the original idea was just that Hogan would, like, show up... Show up on Jay Leno's show and kind of be rude to him, and then Jay Leno would be in, like, another wrestler's corner. And according to Eric Bischoff, before Eric Bischoff could finish asking him, Jay Leno asked if he could be in the match. Nice. <laughs> So apparently Jay Leno down as hell to actually wrestle. Like, say what you will about his skills. He's fired he, up. Yeah, yeah, no, he absolutely brought enthusiasm. Like, he really cared. And well, that's weird to think. Well, that's like one of the things that they always uh, point to in WCW to call, in order to call it a shit show is that David Arquette had the title at some point. <laughs> but you look at, like, David Arquette wrestles now. David Arquette is David a Arquette better wrestler than most of us will legitimately yeah. likes wrestling a lot, even if, you know, he may or may not be good. Did Jay Leno just throw oh, yeah. his no, water Jay, Jay, Jay Leno went to Hulk Hogan and dumped bottled water on him. Wow. This is, a, this is the timeline we're living in. This Got happened. Him. Got him. 
Hulk Hogan is pissed. Yeah. This is if I can if I can sidebar briefly. The this disciple is, my is looking Hulk. under the ring for some uh, some garden shears. <laughs> this is this is my favorite Hulk Hogan look where Miss he was Elizabeth dying just his happy mustache to still but be not alive. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even keep a straight face on that joke, can you? I uh, just. Uh, I love the the no selling I'm getting because I it's not it's not you just don't find it those awful jokes to be funny but I know there are people out there that do so I'm going to keep making them. Fair enough. Fair enough. Good to see a, a, a younger DDP. My exposure to DDP is pretty much his WWE run. Well, now by younger DDP, he does have that Arn Anderson thing where DDP has been 40 years old his entire life. Like that's true. You go, you go back and you watch like really primitive WCW. Like there's some really good like 1990 pay per views that DDP shows up on briefly. He looks exactly like this. Yeah. So, okay. And he started just sort of as a peripheral character, right? And he, then he started was, yeah. at like the age of 35 or something. He, yeah, exactly. Like he he was managing for a while. He had a stable. He was actually kind of in influential in Scott Hall developing a very early character okay. way back in like the NWA or AWA uh, I believe but then like he was Eric Bischoff's good friend and they both started taking karate lessons or something and then he <laughs> decided what if I what if I got in the ring and like in his defense he only became an in-ring performer like inside his 30s like he was about the age I am now when he decided he actually wanted to wrestle this is a crime. Kevin Eubank should be the one in the ring, not Jay Leno. Don't get ahead of yourself. Look at the, look at those Kevin, arms. Kevin, I, Kevin Eubanks. Kevin's, looks Kevin's here to help. He's an enforcer. Perhaps most like an athlete of all of these people. <laughs> <laughs> he he does look sincerely like if it were if it were any kind of shoot, he would have a very good chance against Hulk Hogan if not if not succeed that, against that him. sleeveless he, shirt is me. also making him look a lot like Virgil, <laughs> Million Dollar Man's oh, no. uh, bodyguard. Might, might not have been. Unintentional? Maybe. I don't want to say Maybe. anything about the WCW organization. Oh, he's biting off uh, Virgil's gimmick, eh? Right. <laughs> he wants some of that meat sauce. He don't he's, want. He don't want to meet Virgil at the old uh, autograph line. He's already right. got the NBC fuck money. I don't know how many more trips to Olive Garden he's got to make. <laughs> also, I do not recognize this ref, but he's incredibly sinister for some reason. I don't think he's the evil NWO ref. Sinister. Which oh, he, well, he kind of should be. It, it's it's probably the facial hair. Yeah, the, the, yeah, no, the devilish he, goatee and the wavy hair. Yeah, I don't I don't know how I don't know how many of your listeners are going to give a crap about this joke. He looks exactly like the bad guy from Moonraker. Mm, so I'm right. expecting him at any point to strap Diamond Dallas Page into like one of those G-force astronaut training pods. Okay, so Hogan and uh, Diamond Dallas Page started with a lockup, and now they're just kind of circling and, yep. and making gestures at each other. That, that's a lot of WCW main events. The two guys walk in a circle making mean faces to each other. For how lousy of a wrestler is, you have to appreciate the full commitment to that awful, awful skullet that Hogan <laughs> rocked for so long. It's, that is that is true. It necessitated the do-rag. Like, yeah. it, it, it improved his look by how awful his hair was for most now of his Now it's a slap fight. Got him! Damn. Yeah. Jay Leno getting involved, by the way. Jay Leno, an illegal slap from over the ropes, but we're apparently going by a ref didn't see it rules. I have to hand it to Jay Leno. He is fired up. He's into this match. He's very yeah, excited. He's, no, he's he, super stoked to be here. He wants to be here, even if maybe nobody else thinks he should be. Sturgis may be like the one time a year that he was able to unwind, right? <laughs> not, uh, I mean, not untrue. Oh! He's a car guy. He's yeah. a you know, huge auto uh, Kevin coming in hot motorcycle car Kevin guy. Eubanks getting involved, throwing See, dude, Hogan uh, back in the ring. I'm telling you, man. Kevin Kevin's an enforcer. He's here to make sure it all is above board. It's freaking me out that I can, like, that Diamond Dale's page has abs. <laughs> <laughs> it's all that yoga, dude. Yeah. I actually believe this is slightly before he was on his yoga kick. I think he just, I think he just hit regular gyms a lot and then drank a lot of vodka. 
Yeah, he like he was like a, a bar promoter, right? Like yeah, he, he owned he, bars or helped, yeah, yeah. helped he, like, get people owned, into bars bar and make them and cool. He was like a like an indoor like party DJ or something. <laughs> Looks a little like uh, the Undertaker in this forehead area there. <laughs> the, the, the strange moment. And the goatee, yeah. Strange moment that just is. just big big hairlines and Speaking of always beard. 40, did Jay Leno ever have not gray hair? He did in that kind of racist cop movie he did with Mr. Miyagi. It was oh. probably it was probably died. Uh, jingoistic. Uh, yeah, you're right. Excuse me. I believe what I was thinking it was National Pride movie with Mr. Miyagi. I just had to look it up. Of course, not knowing Mr. Miyagi's name doesn't make us it's much not, better. No, I'm, I, I, I it's Mister, right? His it first was, name is Mister. It was more important to me that I finish that joke than be factually accurate. I had to look because uh, DDP and Hogan in the ring right now, and and. Uh, Hogan is like traditionally he's a, a larger man, yes. uh, just a, a taller one of the taller wrestlers. And uh, Diamond Dallas Page looking taller than Hulk Hogan. Yeah, Keeping very tall. Pace. Oh yeah, no. So d- I, d- d- I had to look it up there. Uh, Jay Leno not looking giant. No. <laughs> Hogan. Oh, there's that karate that uh, Eric Bischoff. Eric was Bischoff so learned. Proud of. It, yeah. It's you know what? It's not a bad working um, style, especially if you're not like a dude who's really like wrestling trained. Like if you have another martial art you can fall back on, yeah. it, it kind of helps with the with the realism. Mm-hmm. I hesitate to use that word. Everyone, no, who, I know, I see what you're saying. Everyone who gets in the ring with a McMahon uh, talks about how those punches are real. Yeah. <laughs> those, yeah. they do not know how to pull selling, those things. Selling yeah. fear as Jay Leno <laughs> approaches him. <laughs> that was actually a pretty good spot. This is a fun match, I have to say. The Eric Bischoff commits to character very well. Like, I feel like he's, and maybe this is just me being a WCW kid, but I feel like he's kind of underappreciated as far as being a quote-unquote Mr. McMahon figure because he was extremely good at running a company but also being a massive chicken shit about everyone that worked for him. Right. So I feel like him being scared of Jay Leno isn't completely unreasonable. (laughs) And this is is definitely the other end of, like, we we watched the other match and it was uh, a lot of athleticism. Yes. But not as much character. This is a lot of character. character, Much more of a sports entertainment type match. That might be kind of where a lot of the WCW main events falter in that they really... They wanted the main events to rely a lot more on those because they knew that's what the kids and the casuals were coming for. I mean, for. isn't it ultimately the downfall of the company that they just kept pushing Hogan and the NWO and not developing other people to be main eventers? It, it absolutely contributed. The problems with WCW are unfortunately legion, but that is <laughs> that that is a big one. Yeah, like, I think one the, of them is giving away a free fucking pay-per-view yeah, to, for several people, years. Just letting people park their bike in the front row. You could double your attendance if you didn't have a motor, bunch of motorcycles out there. But like to speak to Sean's point, when you're in the last year, your comp- the last full calendar year, your company is open. And you have Hulk Hogan on radio shows openly complaining about the guys you have asked him to put over because he doesn't think he should be putting them over then like there are several carts before several horses mm, there i think the biggest problem if i can get into it for a second is that a lot of wcw's problems were salvageable as soon as they start cutting the dead weight and stop promising kevin nash's best friends contract <laughs> but then the guy that uh the guy that took away animaniacs and pinky in the brain also decided to take away Nitro on TV, and without a TV deal, the whole thing was useless. Ah, uh, yes. So, like, wow, it, what it, entertainment Oh, right, Satan. right, of course. Yeah, 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 no, like, this is my least favorite guy. I can, I will go on record to say this. <laughs> yeah, losing Animaniacs and Pinky in the Brain uh, hurts me more than... Right back to back, and then imagine he's the same guy that took away Nitro, right? right. Like, I, it, when I was 13, I had no bigger enemies in the world. <laughs> and he, he just sort of legendarily hated professional wrestling, right? He thought yep. it was lowbrow. Not, not a fan. Like, most of, allegedly, most of, like, the Turner Corporation did, except Ted, and during Ted's, like, 
you know, rain rain on top, they didn't have a lot of say in the matter. So right. as soon as Ted got bought out by AOL, then suddenly everyone else who had an opinion about wrestling got to have it. I would not have imagined I ever lived in a world where Jay Leno had Hulk Hogan in like an arm bar. <laughs> 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 let's, let's even get a little more specific about that. A world where Hulk Hogan visibly sold for Jay for Leno's, Jay Leno's arm, arm bar. bar. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I, I, now he's got him in the corner. Now he's, he's being re- real gentle with him. He, but... Hulk Hogan definitely sells much better in late-stage WCW than he did in the early days of the WWE. I'll hand that to him. He he knew he could. He understood just enough about the business to know that he was going to make money because at least half the crowd was finally there to see him get his ass kicked. Look at that RV just slow rolling through the back. Yeah, Do you think they knew what was happening? (laughs) Holy shit, is this Sturgis? Is that Jay Leno? (laughs) Is that Hulk Hogan? Is there a wrestling match going on over there? Hey, stop the RV! Quick tags in and out. Jay Leno uh, coming in. He's got the fundamentals. Making He's... an impact and then getting the hell out of there. Oh, Hogan with the chair. Uh-oh. Eubanks stepping up. Yeah, Kevin Eubanks says no chair for you, sir. No, Eubanks, Eubanks is a better corner man than most other WCW wrestlers Kevin, would get. What did Kevin Eubanks play in the uh, Tonight Show band? I think he was the, uh, like... Guitarist and band leader kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Like he's, a, uh, he's a guitarist and he's got those guns. What the hell? <laughs> I, I what you, kind of instrument did you think he was playing? The, the drums. There's <laughs> something that Lou uses those arms. I think we can safely assume Kevin Eubanks. The barbellophone. The barbellophone. Right. <laughs> he clearly insisted on moving his own equipment. Right. Like the closest to guns I'll ever get is from having to move an amp up and down. Ah, yeah. No fair. Yeah. Yeah. He's the uh, loading and unloading the band yeah, in addition exactly. to. He's like, hey, you guys need to help with those six saxophones? And he just gets three of them at once. Maybe the didgeridoo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we have those in America yet. I blame Incubus for that. Blame Incubus for a lot of things. For a second, I thought Hogan was biting him. I couldn't tell what was going on there. Yeah, I think he's just he's just mugging for the camera. The DDP for the briefest second looking like a chatterer from Hellraiser. Yeah, <laughs> right. Got a little too much gum action. Oh, look at that cell. Yeah. My God. DDP is flippier than you'd think for a slightly untrained guy his size. Yeah, right? yeah, like his size and age. He's uh, exactly quite agile. Like DDP, even despite the like not big size difference, he was always kind of willing to play the like smaller dude in peril in a lot of matches, and it's kind of admirable. Yeah, which I, like I looked it up, and uh, he's like six four. Oh yeah, yeah, no, he's he's tall. He's, he's be taller than most of the main WWE roster now, and I don't say that as an insult, but he still sells like he's you know kind of closer to like AJ's height. Bischoff's working punch, not that bad. His haircut, atrocious, it, way worse than <laughs> that bad. Sean, if I can be so bold, I think haircut is generous. I can't tell if that's a haircut or not. Like, it, he has the hair. It is absolutely present. I don't know why or if it should be shaped like yeah, that. Yeah, it looks like a wig. Uh, maybe he's... Is he trying to be Bruce Lee? It's, it's a wig only in parts of it, right? It's like he's got mullet extensions. Mm-hmm. Mullet extensions could be, yeah. What yeah. Is, uh, Hogan's got some kind of, like, brass knucks device. Oh, oh, yeah. oh yeah. No, it's the NWO, man. They always got shit oh. everywhere. And DDP takes it while the ref is distracted. Dirty cheaters. Now he's pulling Bischoff, Bischoff over still with the, the cover. Legal man. They're very strict about that sort of rule it here. It can't WCW. end this way. Look, the Disciple... He's the one distracting the ref over there. The disciple. More like the distractor. See, if if the disciple was still in the uh, styling business, he may be able to help Eric Bischoff. <laughs> Having seen him at the uh, at, at the Hall of Fame this year, I feel like the minute this match ended, he stopped taking care of his physical fitness. <laughs> it was just a 20-year slide. He, he knew he didn't have to try to impress a bunch of, like, coked out bikers anymore and it just quit lifting 
because he looks great here. I mean, in terms yeah, of his no, physical condition, honestly, I, 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 I'm shocked that that is Brutus. Uh. I honestly <laughs> had to remind myself that was him a few times. Like, from behind, he looks like something happened to Kevin Nash, right? Like, mm-hmm. he's in much better shape here. That is the weirdest brass knuck prop I've ever seen in my life. I, I can't tell what is going on with it's that like, exactly. It's like a taped, uh, I don't know, like plastic roll of some sort. There were constantly problems from. Ooh, Jay like, Leno pointing Turner at his chin standards. saying, go ahead and throw the punch. <laughs> That's a man who knows that his chin uh, it's his, it's can take a hit. It's his strongest and yeah. weakest point. But there, there, oh, there's a big boot. There were constantly problems from Turner about like showing weapons openly, so I would not be surprised if there was suddenly some like TNT rule from on high that said, hey, can the brass knuckles not look that much like brass knuckles? Right. So right, kids don't right. get the wrong idea. Can it just look like you put something on your knuckles? Yeah, Hogan's yeah, exactly. big boot no more impressive than it was in 1984. <laughs> <laughs> DDP sell of the big boot, however... DDP, excellent sell, yeah, salesman. This is not uh, this is not the disaster I expected it to be. No, in terms of, I mean, you know, it's 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 gimmicky, but like everyone is really engaged. I guess that's the thing I kind of wanted to show you guys about is that it's not like evil million dollar man. That's who the ref looks like. Oh, wow. Evil Ted Di- we got evil Ted DiBiase. Evil DiBiase. And then we well, got... he's already not a good guy. <laughs> well, we got. Like... Kevin Eubanks uh, down on the floor. He's wearing the Virgil sleeveless cutoff shirt. <laughs> it's got his own show name on the back, though. He wants to remember he's not affiliated with WCW. Right. Yeah, he's got a, a tuxedo shirt that's, with uh, the, the Tonight Show screen printed on the back and the arms I, cut off. That is a bold move. No, yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. He was like conducting a high school band until Jay Leno rang him up and said, Hey, man, I'm about to get in some shit with Hulk Hogan. I need your help. And just tore the sleeves off on his way out. Oh, oh. Jay Leno with the low blow. Oh, yeah. That's not karate. That must be where Nakamura got that. <laughs> <laughs> King of strong style, Jay Leno. <laughs> Jay Leno with the an incredible working punch right there. Gentle right? forearms. He like winds up. Oh, this is the weirdest also, clothesline I've ever seen. not a man who's paid a lot of attention to his physical fitness. <laughs> at this point, we're just watching your dad and your dad's friend get drunk and, and try to reenact try high wrestle. school with each other in the basement. Like, Sadly, in 2019, this is me and my friend trying to wrestle in the basement. He's <laughs> no, no longer my father. Let's not bring no, him you know into what? it. I can't, I can't sit here and pretend like Jay Leno isn't in better physical condition than You I guys, am. how much training do you think Jay Leno did for this? Like, how how much do you think they went over the spots? How I much do you think to... they tried to show him how to take and a bump? It's kind of impressive. I wasn't able to find a, a record of how much training he got. I will say this the fact that so far his longest in ring time has been against the other guy who's technically not a wrestler fair is kind of the most impressive like that's scarier it should be he does look like he's a little blown up yeah like Jay oh, yeah, should sure. have been fighting Hulk Hogan Uh-oh. the whole time because n- neither he nor Uh-oh. Eric are wrestlers oh. Oh. Hulk Hogan blasting Eric Bischoff on accident oh with a fully clothesline everybody's out of the ring we got an injured Eric Bischoff we, wait a second oh yeah Kevin Eubanks making Ooh, the, the diamond, diamond cutter. Diamond cutter. Secret. Whoa! Oh, Kevin Eubanks with a diamond cutter on Bischoff and Jay Leno rolling him over for the pin. Well, I don't know what is he doing. He's lifting his shoulders off the ring for the pin. It's wow. He's lifting his shoulders <laughs> off the mat. <laughs> I kind of love that Kevin Eubanks did the dirty work Kevin, for Jay Leno. Kevin Eubanks was pretty great. technically saved the match. Yep. Right? Yeah. That is spectacular. <laughs> That was a lot of fun. That was that way was, better than... I, the, the, the biker match I watched was the one where... Um, yeah, I think the NWO was sort of going evil. Yeah. The, where they, were, they, they were so super over, and then they... It was a... I mean, the whole show was very surreal to watch. 
there is actually another celebrity pack match from, I believe, a later Road Wild that I'd be very excited to inflict on y'all as well. <laughs> which I would actually argue has better in-ring action than this one did, right? But this is this is kind of why I wanted to show y'all, because this is kind of par for the course for WCW, right? It's a lot of uh, celebrity action. It's a lot of kind of slow-paced main events that rely on both character work oh, and Oh, now here the NWOs. And then everyone runs into the ring to beat up the good guys. Yeah. Right. You send everybody home on a note that says, hey, the NWO lost the match because they're evil, but look how cool they are. Buy shirts. Based on my experience with bikers, I'm shocked that this crowd is enthused by unadulterated violence. <laughs> <laughs> The, the presence of the Hulkster is keeping them calm. They remember all those years they spent saying their prayers and taking their oh, vitamins. Oh, here comes... Look who it is! Fucking Goldberg. Fucking Goldberg. Now, I know I'm going to be the dissenting voice on this podcast as a long-time Goldberg Spare! Fair, fair. But uh, this was always my favorite part of the night when Goldberg would help the good guys. Okay, okay. Also, yeah, to speak to DDP's bigness, he is... The size of Goldberg. He is right as yeah, tall is. as Goldberg. And Goldberg is a man renowned for being a big guy. Honestly, Jay Leno is almost as tall as Goldberg. And also, look, look at him. everyone having such a hard time doing the hold our arms up in video. <laughs> <Right. spot. Yeah. laughs> Trying to figure out which camera we're supposed to be facing. Somebody grab my forearm. I don't know who's who. Hey, Goldberg's here. Hug me. I gotta say, uh, if a, if a pay-per-view in 2018 or 2019 ended with this match, I would not have been angry. No, this, me neither. But uh, rather see with this than Jay Leno. Brock Lesnar. Oh yeah, right. Oh yeah, no, no, because Jay Leno had much better odds of showing up at another pay per view than Lesnar does yeah, with the enough. Universal Championship. Also, I don't know if you could hear, but Jay Leno's ring music is the, is the Tonight Show theme. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> yep. Yep. I will say this: um, th this must be one of the later uh, trips to Sturgis because the crowd is definitely more. This wrestler friendly they, they, yeah, I, they get what they're here to see much more than the one that I had watched earlier where they were watched. like just honking at people and revving their if bike just being rude yeah, if just, this wasn't the last one then it had to have been the second to last because these pay-per-views specifically were one of the first things to get cut after Bischoff uh, either quit or got fired the first time as a cost-saving measure because mm. you got to figure the pay-per-view buys were pretty consistent in this era but like if you're losing like a three million dollar gate just so you can fuck off to a biker rally and then jay leno can beat you up on tv that's not really a money maker right <laughs> well those matches were a lot of fun man yeah thank you hey, and thanks I'm, for coming on the show I'm today happy, i'm happy to help i appreciate you guys having me i'm always happy to Try to reluctantly spread the gospel of the much maligned years of WCW. Uh, no, those those matches both spoke really well of your wrestling taste because I enjoyed them both quite a bit. And Thank the, you. No, I, I would I certainly tell that. you if I didn't. <laughs> I, I was almost hoping you would. I felt like that was the point of this show. So now, I'm, now I feel like i got to bring even worse ma matches Yeah, you're going to have to try harder if you want us to be disgusted. <laughs> Why don't you tell people where they, where they can find you? Uh, your band, Bathroom of the, of the Future. Yeah, Excellent local punk band. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, no, uh, actually, I'm pretty sure by the time this is out, we'll have just had a uh, new album come out recently. It's on Spotify and iTunes and all the major sources. We're going on tour soon. We're playing a lot of shows around Michigan still. Oh, excellent. Yeah, um, other than that, I have, a, I have a very personal nerd blog called Videotron 2000 that I don't update nearly as much as I should. But if you want, like... Loving photographs of toys or long-winded rambling about uh, decades-old Sega Genesis games. I'm your man, and you're free to look it up. Awesome. We'll include links to all of that, and uh, let us know when you go on tour so that we can at least list the dates. I mean, I don't know what our reach is at this point, but hopefully a year from now when you go on tour again, there'll be... 
dozens of people listening to the One Fall Show. There's <laughs> slightly more listeners every month than we get on Spotify. So, guys, if I if I can hitch my wagon, oh, to this, what is I'm the name of the new album? It's called Words I Had. Okay, it was because uh, somebody misspelled word salad in a group chat once, and we ah. thought it was just profound enough to stick with. Excellent, <laughs> excellent. Well, thank you very much, uh, Mr. Bean, where uh, people find you. Uh, I'm on the uh, Nerd Radio Podcast and WRAF.com. Wherever you get your podcast, part of the B-Pod Studios Network. And, uh, Shawnee, you've got your art blog on Instagram? Yeah, well, something like that. Yeah, um, I do all kinds of things at Shawnee.Constant on Instagram. And uh, the way that, uh, if you've you've enjoyed the show, uh, first off, follow all of the links in the in the uh, in the show notes for for Tim, but uh, y- y- please rate and review us and come visit us at the One Fall Show Facebook group. That's right, where uh, we try to keep a, a fun loving uh, community of wrestling fans. But uh, of course, the new motto for the One Fall Show is that you even people who aren't fans of wrestling have an opinion of wrestling. So right. come on over and see that you can have a good time with the thing, even if you don't necessarily know that you love the thing. I expected uh, going into these WCW matches, I did not expect to enjoy them as much as I did. No. So like that's that's proof positive. Yeah, and to pull the curtain back a little bit, this was we did back-to-back episodes with this new format, and I have enjoyed it thoroughly. I, I'm really into it. And I uh, hope that the people listening are enjoying it as well. And thank you, as always, for listening. Have fun. Be safe. But don't fall in the hole. Oh, I love that part. Did you see Captain America was talking about Monday Night Raw this week? What are you talking about? He posted something on YouTube, man. Captain America posted something on YouTube about Raw? Okay, people can definitely not see you nodding. I'm Captain America, here to talk to you about one of the most valuable traits a soldier or student can have. Patience. Sometimes patience is the key to victory. Sometimes it leads to very little, and it seems like it's not worth it. And you wonder why you waited so long for something so disappointing. 